Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the show. I guess we can call this season two now. It's been a while since we released an episode, but we are making our, what you would call the grand return, to back to the famous show, Experts in Film, the Amateur Interest Hour. Thank you for those right now that are listening. It's been a while. You may have thought that the podcast was dead, but let me tell you, when a computer crashes and you have to buy new microphones, and you think that you're down and out for the count, so you have to buy a new computer... And you have to buy new microphones. Let me tell you something. Oh, and my wife bought me a mixer, so it's more official looking, and it's easier to use. You know, sometimes you think you're dead, but you're back, and you're back at it. And today we're back at it with one of my good friends. His name's Justin Zarada. Justin, how you doing today? I'm doing great, Carver. Thank you. Thank you for coming on, man. When I was thinking, okay, who should be my first guest for the show, I was just pondering one day, and I thought, maybe I should invite Justin on. And then Tanner comes up to me, my wife, and she says, you should invite Justin on. And I was like, I'm like a page ahead of you, honey. But this is a great idea. So today we're here to talk about a movie that just barely came out with Justin. But before, let's talk about your credentials. Justin, what are some of your favorite movies? Well, Carver, I actually have kind of a variety that I like. So my top three movies, actually one of them's fairly new, Wonder Woman. Absolutely loved it. Wonder Woman was awesome. Yes, so that comes in at number three. Coming mm-hmm. in at number two is actually A Walk to Remember. Really? Now, some people might call for my man card here, but it is one of my favorites. <laughs> hey, no worries. One of my favorite movies when I was like in junior high was How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. So we're on the same page here. <laughs> All right. So we're, we're good. Uh, and then coming in at number one is actually Gladiator. I absolutely love that genre of movie. Mm-hmm. Why, why, why do you like Gladiator? Um, I've always been, I've always loved like ancient Roman times and the Coliseum and everything, and so seeing that perspective, even though you know it's Hollywooded up a little bit, seeing that perspective from a gladiator's mm-hmm. uh, viewpoint, it was uh, a lot of fun. I love Gladiator. Love, love, love that movie. So, you know what? I prove your credentials very much worthy for the show. Those are great movies. <laughs> All right, glad glad I could pass your test. <laughs> so this week, though, we're going to talk about a movie that we've both seen. It just barely came out. It is Jurassic World: Fallen Kingdom. And so, right off the bat, Justin, what did you think about this movie? I absolutely loved it. It was probably my second favorite of the Jurassic mm-hmm. films. Mm-hmm. And why did you like the movie? Um, well, with the Jurassic films, you have kind of the same uh, plot going on. Dinosaurs are terrorizing people. I felt like this movie, while still maintaining that, also added a little bit of variety to it. It added a little bit of extra storyline that was, in my mind, very believable. Mm-hmm. I, let me say this, as a blockbuster movie, like, I sometimes treat blockbuster movies differently than I treat other movies, just because I'm like, I'm not going in there for, like, some high artsy movie, I'm going there to be entertained. So on that level, I thought Jurassic World was super entertaining, like, there were some genuinely thrilling moments in there, and one thing that you told me, because I feel like all the Jurassic movies kind of get a bad rap, because... You know, and maybe you can dive a little bit deeper because you were telling me that you know it's hard to compare all of the movies to the first movie when the first movie was just so well done. Absolutely. I mean, the first movie, it was revolutionary. It was creative. It came out, and they had special effects that were great at that time. Mm-hmm. And it's it's hard to top that because it had the effect of uh, terrorizing the audience while fascinating them at the same time. Yeah. And so all the movies have been trying to recreate that, but it's kind of felt like just a repeat, just a 
cheap imitation of the original. This one, however, it kind of dived away from that original storyline a little bit and took it into the new world where I think that people would try to get a hold of these dinosaurs and would try and do what they want with them just to kind of prize them and collect them and do mm-hmm. what they want. Yeah, I definitely think that it plays a little bit more realistic with the whole, oh, we're going to sell these dinosaurs because the plot of the movie is that they're trying to get these dino- dinosaurs and sell them Yes. for like big game hunters. Yep. And so the movie, it's very... I guess in that way, it's like believable. Like, oh yeah, this is totally what would happen. One thing that for me, I feel like, I mean, I was very entertained. And I love J.A. Bayona. I think he's a great director. Well, in, I mean, in the words of one of our favorite movies, Gladiator, are you not entertained? That is exactly right. Are you not entertained? I was very entertained. I was. And I was actually like pretty thrilled that like there's this new, if you've seen the trailers, you've seen the new dinosaur, the Indoraptor. Yes. And J.A. Bayona is this big thriller, horror director. And so... You know, in the second half of the movie with the haunted house kind of feel to it, I was like, man, this is very much spooky. Like, they have some actually genuinely, like, oh, this is actually kind of like intense and scary. Like, not really like maybe intense, but genuinely like, oh, man, this is like, you have to tread lightly on these parts. Well, there actually was a family in the movie theater when I was there that had uh, some kids that looked like they were around 6 to 12. Not for them, folks. Not for them. <laughs> they were just like, Mom, can we go home? I thought this was a fun movie. And you're like, no, this is no fun in this movie. <laughs> so, yes, but, they were they were legitimately terrified. Man, I just... If I have... If I can... T- speaking of terrifying, if I can just go off on a tangent really quick. When I was watching this movie, one thing that just killed me is because... So, the movie has gotten terrible reviews. And when I was watching it, I was like... Well, in the first 20 minutes, I was like, this is actually a pretty great movie. Like, I don't know why, like, they're just berating this movie. And then halfway through the movie, they pretty much, like, make a total switch in the movie. Like, it feels like two different movies packed into one. And so for me, at least going into that movie, I was thinking, you know, like, this is a fun movie, but I feel like they try to pack way too much into the movie. So at the end of the movie, it's like, you could have made two really good movies, like, two decent movies, but instead they made, like, one okay movie, you know, like one movie that was like, yeah, okay, I can do I mean, it's not a terrible movie at all. I don't think it's terrible, but I just was like a little bit, what's the word? I want to say disappointed. Uh, underwhelmed? Un- underwhelmed, I guess, is at the very end. is because I was like, this movie was packed with good moments, but the whole entire composition, I felt, was I was like, oh, this felt like a little bit shallow, you know? Uh, I, I do agree that it felt a little bit rushed at a lot of uh, areas. Unfortunately, I think that that's kind of what we as consumers have come to expect from the movies, though. If it's not cram-packed with action and entertainment, we leave there feeling disappointed like we've been robbed. If we don't have a movie that's three hours just jam-packed with anything, it's getting bad reviews, It's people aren't talking about it, we feel disappointed, we feel uh, robbed, and I think it stems from the fact that movies are no longer just something to go to for fun they're kind of becoming a luxury where you're going and with popcorn if you go with your friends or a date or you're looking at something that could cost you fifty dollars for the evening that's true that's true though and that's actually a point i never considered too because just how the movie like especially you could take this movie and compare it with jurassic world uh jurassic park jurassic park yeah it has a lot of thrilling moments but the first maybe 40 minutes of it is not very thrilling i mean it's very slow it's a lot of building up to it building everybody building the world and i felt like at the very 
you know, like the second half is where like all the action happens. And even then, like it was these very drawn out set pieces too. And I think an example of this that I heard the other day that I wasn't even thinking, I was listening to another podcast about the movie Creed. Have you seen Creed? I have seen Creed. So a lot of people were comparing that, that the new generation can't watch, well, can't watch Rocky because Rocky's too slow for them. So they prefer Creed because Creed's a lot more fast paced. And so I was thinking about that just when you're saying it. I was like, hmm. Just like the whole entire dynamic of storytelling now, especially in movies, has changed just because of the way, like you said, we were watching movies. Yeah, I think I think absolutely. If you don't have a movie that's absolutely action-packed, you're going to have people that are bored, getting, giving bad reviews. They aren't going to come back to it again. If you have something that's so filled with action, you have to go back and you have to see it a couple times to pick up everything that's going on. Mm-hmm. A good point of that. I think that's really well done was Infinity War. Infinity War was so jam-packed, but at the same time, I was like, no, I totally get what they were saying in this. Like, it was moving, like, at a freight train speed, but at the very end, you're like, okay, I think I got everything there. Well, I mean, as somebody who saw it twice on opening night, yes, absolutely. You saw it twice on opening night? I went to the 7 o'clock show, and then I also went to the midnight show, so, yes, it was uh, fabulous. I loved them both, and I picked up a little, little things here and there that I had missed in the first time, and... You know, I have seen it a couple more times since then, but absolutely. You want to go back and you want to see everything because you didn't pick up everything the first time around. Mm-hmm. And so, so, going back to Jurassic World, do you feel like Jurassic World was then slowed down a little bit? Or do you feel like it was so action-packed, like so packed into it, that it was like, oh yeah, it was so much in there that I felt like it was almost too much for me. Like there, I think they definitely could have either made it a longer movie or tried to cut it into two different movies because I feel like certain things they moved too fast and then other things they didn't expound upon enough that I wanted more details on yeah because like in the movie speaking of that in the movie there's a couple parts in there where they just drop these bombs that's supposed to seem kind of like like weighty like there's a little girl in the movie spoilers if you're listening but there's a girl in the movie and she turns out to be a clone and when they drop that, it's supposed to seem kind of like monumental. But at the same time, I was just like, I'm not worried about that right now. Like, what's like, this is inconsequential to me right now. What did you feel about that? Honestly, I'm glad you brought that up because I completely forgot about the clone. That's how <laughs> it, you're absolutely right. It's one of these things that, wow, they've moved on from dinosaur cloning to human cloning, but it was so buried within everything else that was going on that I actually forgot about it until you mentioned it. Yeah, I mean, like, like a lot of times I feel like they're trying to build up these like because personally for me I think the key and I'm just rambling on right now the key to good filmmaking is you have to have good characters and then a story to go with those characters those are the two key elements after everything you can make like scene after scene but if you don't care about the characters then it doesn't really matter because like the reason that something's thrilling is because you care about the characters and you put yourself in their shoes so if you have a shallow written character it doesn't really work and at that moment it's like First of all, when the the story does not compel around you, like you're just like almost a minor detail. And speaking of the little girl, and second of all, it's like we didn't really like build that enough for that to be like this huge bomb. You know, it was just like a, and maybe that was what they were going for. Maybe they didn't want it to be like this huge, like oh my gosh, kind of moment. Maybe it was just like yeah, here you go. But it just seems so out of left field that you're just like, okay, what? I guess that's cool. Like whatever. Well, I, th- I think character development is huge. I mean, that's been Marvel's recipe for success in their mm-hmm. entire Marvel franchise. So they've done that 
extremely well and kind of set the bar on what other people have kind of been expected to do and have been falling short on. But yeah, in this instance, that little girl, you didn't really know much about her beforehand. You didn't really have much invested during the movie. And then when they dropped that bomb on you, she was fairly insignificant. So even though it was kind of a cool little tidbit, it didn't really matter. Mm-hmm. No, that's exactly my thoughts. Let me ask you this then, Justin. Let's go with the highs and the lows. What were some of your favorite bits in the movie? What, what were some things that the movie really did well? And what were some of the things that if you could remake the movie, you would change about it? Let's see. I really liked the suspenseful moments, like when the people were legitimately getting hunted by the Indoraptor. Yeah. It just, it felt, it felt, I don't want to say real, because obviously this is a fantasy world, but it felt suspenseful enough and real enough that you, you know, you check your Fitbit and your blood pressure is a little bit higher than <laughs> your heart rate's a little bit higher than it was a few minutes ago. So it was uh, it was exhilarating. It was a lot of fun. Um, I really liked that. Um, I honestly didn't really like the way the movie ended. Mm-hmm. With kind of a little spoiler, <laughs> a little tidbit in Vegas. I uh, I like movies even if they are planning to continued on the series continue on with a future movie that they kind of leave it open or not open-ended they kind of close the chapter and that completely left it open that if they don't ever make another movie if this one wasn't successful enough it's just kind of always going to hang out there yeah i definitely think that in order to make like a movie have a good ending it has to have that closure and this movie kind of just like I get that they were trying to set up more and they're trying to like oh like we're making Jurassic World like planet Earth is Jurassic World but at the same time I was like this doesn't you know like it doesn't really mean anything in, to the to the story that we were invested in in this movie and so I totally agree with you 100% on that um by the way did you want more Jeff Goldblum or did you want less Jeff Goldblum well, so I have a thing where I don't like to watch a lot of trailers or look at spoilers before the movie. I like to be surprised. So uh-huh. I didn't actually know that he was in the movie. Really? To begin with. And so it was kind of a enjoyable little treat when he was in there. Um, I would like more of him, but I'd like more of him with less condoning or condemning the dinosaurs to destruction. I, f- I feel like he should be connected enough that even if he doesn't want to go back to Jurassic Park or Jurassic World that he doesn't want to see them go extinct either. Mm-hmm. Would you like to see Sam Neill in the next one? I absolutely would like to see Sam Neill in the next one. <laughs> that would be a dream come true. But, because, uh, like, just since you didn't see the trailer, like, he talks in the trailer, and that's most, like, he's most like the backdrop for the trailer. And then in the movie, I was just like, we already saw the scenes that you were in, you know, like, in the, in the, in the trailer. Like, this is just like a repeat. You're not showing us anything new. So I was hoping a lot for more Jeff Goldblum but hopefully in the this, next one this is why I don't watch trailers so I wasn't disappointed that he wasn't in more mm-hmm, makes sense also let's go on a quick two minute tangent on trailers do you feel like they give too much in trailers nowadays like to, in your mind what's the perfect trailer um honestly I haven't seen a perfect trailer in a long time that's why I try not to watch them anymore mm-hmm. I do feel like they give way too much away and on movies that are not 
top-of-the-line movies that don't usually live up to the trailers. They give you the best parts of the trailers, so you get the best parts in two, three minutes, and you don't really need to see the rest. Yeah, exactly. That's why I think, too. Like One movie, going back to Infinity War, I think Infinity War's trailers were super good because it just kind of felt give you a, like a feeling of what was in the movie without spoiling too much of like this is what's going to happen in the movie. Well, I also feel like Infinity War didn't ever really have a dull moment, so everything was action-packed in that movie. That's true. This is true. Um, also, I just feel like there's a lot of movie trailers out now that they give you uh, too much in there. And so uh, if you heard something in the background, don't even worry about that. If you uh, you know, if you watch a trailer and it gives you the whole entire movie, I mean, like at that point, it's like, well, thanks a lot, trailer. Like, looks like I don't need to see the movie now. You know, like yeah. I know what happens. You can piece together the whole conclusion just by the trailer. Yep, absolutely. And there's just there's there's no mystery. There's no surprise. I like to know. Well, I actually don't like to have any kind of clue what I'm going into, but I know a lot of people like to have a general idea. But when you know everything and you're like, oh, well, that guy's going to die, this guy's going to die, oh, this guy's going to make it till the end, it kind of removes the mystery, kind of removes the whole point of going to the movies in the first place. Mm-hmm. So, what is your tip for people at home to avoid watching trailers? <laughs> Would you recommend it to people? Uh, it's, it's actually pretty difficult because trailers are thrown in our face from social media, they're thrown in our face from other movies, from TV shows and uh, commercials it's it's pretty difficult to not see a commercial or see a trailer so i mean if you're really adamant about it great but if not i mean i get a little bit more enjoyment out of it there's not too many movies that i go into that i don't get some sort of entertainment from so it it does help there but yeah it's it's a lot of work to try and not see any trailers no i understand that because i mean like for me, because like I have my my phone has like that Google feed on it, and it knows that I like read a lot, like watch a lot of movie stuff, and like read a lot about movies. And so, anytime there's a new trailer, it's like, hey, did you see this? And I'm always like, okay, I'll watch it. You know? No, but I want to. And so, yeah, that's exactly what I'm like. Oh, I didn't know he was making a movie, or oh, oh, I didn't know she was going to be in that movie. And so it's for me, it's like, oh yeah, I'm gonna watch every trailer. But uh, I remember when we went into the movie uh, Three Billboards outside of Ebbing, Missouri. I hadn't seen a trailer for that movie. And neither did you. I heard about it, and I like read a lot about it. But we went into that movie. That was the last movie I think we saw together. That is. And me and you were both like, "Wow." We were. I was very pleasantly surprised. I went into. I didn't know a thing about that movie, but just from the title, I was like, "This is going to be bad." But I kind of got that feeling from him. Like, I don't think he's going to like this movie. Like, (laughs) I am real worried that he's not going to like this movie. But watching it and coming out of it, I was, I was very happy. It was a good movie. I enjoyed it a lot. That makes me really happy. That makes me happy to hear because I was worried the whole entire time we were watching that movie, like, this this is going to bomb. He's going to be like, oh, well, thanks for nothing, Carver. I'll never watch a movie with you again. Well, so far you've lived up to that threat right now. <laughs> um, before we go then, let's just wrap up Jurassic World. We have about minute, two minutes left. Give me your final synopsis and what you think of Jurassic World and would you recommend people go see it? So on a 1 out of 10 rating, I would actually give this one a 7. Uh, it was very entertaining. I don't think you're going to be bored during the movie. There's not a lot you can get away from in a dinosaur movie. There are going to be dinosaurs terrorizing people, and it's going to feel a little bit played out, but it's entertaining. They do what they can with it. They make a new storyline. It's not the same old Jurassic Park. So, overall, very good movie. Definitely worth seeing. I So, I have trouble saying if this is a good or bad movie, because objectively, 
I don't think it's a very good movie, but like, it's very entertaining. So it's like in my mind, it's like, oh, I don't want to see Jurassic World because it's such a bad movie. I'm like, no, go see it. It's pretty entertaining. That's like at least in my view. I think like, oh yeah, just if you don't have anything to do on a Saturday, go definitely go see Jurassic World. You know, I'm not sure if I'd give it a seven, but just like you said, you're gonna be entertained in the movie. Like with the like when they're in that little bunker with the lava and whatnot. I was like, dang, this is thoroughly enjoyed. Like I I was I enjoyed a lot of the moments in that movie. Like there was a lot of parts I was like, this is real good. Like this is real thrilling. This is real fun to watch. But at the same time, as a con- like a composite, as I said before, I'm not gonna say it's amazing. You know, but again, like you said, it's hard to compare it against the first Jurassic World and hard to look at it subjectively. No, objectively. Objectively, yes. Thank you. Thank you. My vernacular is quite vast. And so, would I recommend go seeing that? Since it's a summer movie, yeah. You know, it's a summer. Go like, oh, you know, we don't have anything going on this evening. Go see Jurassic World. It's fun enough to kill two hours and be like, yeah, let's go see it. Let's go to the movie. Let's have an experience. Because it definitely, you know, there's enough things in the movie to be like yeah I'd like to go see that on the big screen with like all the sound and whatnot. so I'd recommend going to see it not because it's a good movie though because it's the summer and it's a very entertaining movie well I think I think my the best thing I can say about it is I, I use movie pass so I see all my movies for free anyways hashtag um, movie pass but um, this is one that I could come out of if I had paid full price and I wouldn't be disappointed really absolutely I, uh, me and Tanner, we I try to use my movie pass. I don't know how to use my movie pass online, so like I'm always like, oh, whatever, I'll just pay full price. We went on five dollar Tuesday, and for five dollar Tuesday, I was like, did not waste my money there. Did not waste my money there. So, yeah, I'd I'd say go see it. I'd say it's a, it's a fun enough movie that you can go see it. And if you're not gonna be like one of those naysayers, you know, if you're just going there to be entertained, you're gonna walk racing. Really liked the movie really like the movie. If you're going to be like, oh, but this and that and this and that, don't go see it. If you're, if you're going to be a tool about it, don't go see Jurassic World. That should be the tagline. Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, not for tools. Yeah, I mean, there's pretty much no movie out there that's based in fiction that you can't somehow nitpick and pick apart. Go to be entertained. Yeah, I love that. Justin, any final words before we sign off? It's been a, been a pleasure, Carver. Justin, thank you so much for coming on the show. This has been Experts in Film. I guess you can officially say you're an expert in film for coming on the show. Uh, it's been a lifelong dream. Hey, that's what we do here. Experts in Film, the Amateur Interest Hour. Making dreams happen. All right, until next week, thank you all for tuning in to Season 2, Episode 1. This is Carver Nicholas with Justin Zarada. Sign up till next time. <laughs>